0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world.
1: In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we share the best of The Kindness Project over the years, part three.
2: Welcome to The Kindness Project. (laughs) Oh,
0: that was very formidable, actually. I Hmm. think the best word for that is formidable. I am joined by... Um. Uh. Somebody who I can't—the youngest member of the Agatha Christie fan club—it's Charlotte Dames. <laughs> you love a bit of Agatha Christie, don't yeah, you? Yeah.
2: And I'm joined by the man who lives to grab opportunity by its tail. It's Chris <laughs> Dames. Tail. I was struggling this morning.
0: Yeah. I'm joined by a girl who can't f- think of any decent intros anymore. It's it's no. Charlotte Dames. After the
2: first fifty, I'm I, just mean, kind of... I mean, I
0: mean. We've been doing this. We've interviewed thirty odd people. We've been doing this and talking about positivity and quite a lot of nonsense. Um, so this Where week, oh, this week, no. I are we going to go straight to question of the podcast? Oh, yes it. Yep. So this week, question of the week is: Who is the world's greatest detective? Agatha Christie. No. Agatha Christie wasn't a no, detective, was no, she? No, Agatha
2: Christie Sherlock Holmes
0: okay Sherlock Holmes so not an Agatha Christie not Poirot
2: okay. not Miss Barber Poirot wasn't that clever I just he, I like his character and I like the way Christie writes over the way that Conan Doyle writes also the only Conan Doyle books I own are like Huge flipping books, uh, so and they're whoppers. But
0: but Sherlock is still a better. Yeah,
2: he's still a better detective.
0: Right. Okay. But I
2: think Poirot's just a nicer person. Okay. Like he's a decent human being, and Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock's
0: a bit of a sociopath, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So who would you pick? Who's the nicest detective, and who's the best detective? I
2: think I don't think Poirot is necessarily a nice detective. He's just. A more decent human being, okay. Sherlock. Okay. Um, and Sherlock's not necessarily a. Oh, he's a bad person. He's a bad person because he just kind of he disregards other people, other than like John. But you know.
0: Yeah. So. So we. It's it's definitely between Poirot and Sherlock. Mm. You're not including anybody else in that. No. no. I, haven't, Have
2: I haven't read any Marples because I haven't been able to get my hands on any. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I feel like. My favourite act for Christie isn't even one that's got a detective in it.
0: No. And then they went on. That is an amazing book, by the way.
2: And the, and the detective only comes in in the last chapter when they're trying to figure out how all of them died and they, they just think it's all like... a... That is,
0: that is probably my best Agatha Christie. I haven't read that many Agatha Christie's, but I, my favourite one is definitely... I like I... The
2: Murder of Roger Ackroyd because yeah. the ending... Can we...
0: Oh. Um, we'll, we'll let our audience decide who is the world's greatest detective because I'm sure that our audience have got a few comments on that. But can we just... Because I'm, I'm trying really hard to get your catchphrase into um, into every single show. 20
2: years and a um,
0: tw- in a shovel. So can I ask you a I'll que- tell you,
2: but you have to give me 20 years in a shovel.
0: Um, can I ask you a, couple, a few questions and then you just answer however you feel appropriate? Uh, you're locked in jail, but you're an innocent person. 20 years in a shovel. How would you get out?
2: Can I, can I ask a question first? Can <laughs> please, I ask a question? please not guilty. If they lock me up anyway, give me 20 years in a shovel. Oh, right,
0: okay, fine. Um, you're in McDonald's. What uh what what item would you add to the menu? A shovel. Tw- Twenty years and a shovel.
2: Twenty year matured uh, shovel. How
0: long does it take to build the Eiffel Tower? Twenty years and
2: a shovel. <laughs> um You have to pick the shovel apart um, and use all the bolts to What's, what's your
0: mum's nickname?
2: Twenty years
0: and a shovel. Rose? <laughs> Rose. Um let me, let me let me let me think. Where would you live ideally?
2: Twenty years and a shovel. <laughs> years in a shovel, and I'll get there.
0: Um, what uh, you went to a fortune teller recently? What did she say to you? Twenty years <laughs> in a shovel.
2: Good actually. Yeah. Well, no, not uh, fortune teller, but I have
0: my cards read. So. Oh no, you didn't, <laughs> did you? Please tell me you didn't. Did. You know it's all nonsense, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Who read your cards? <laughs> Who read your? Card? Well, I can't believe you read your cards. Who read your cards? This is the first time I'm hearing this. Why Why are you telling me this on Facebook Live, live on a podcast? Who read your cards?
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> Who read your cards? Right.
0: <laughs> right, I told you last week that I was 2% Scottish, right? I, I shared that information with you. So what I mean...
2: I've shared the information that I have my cards read.
0: What did the card say? Um... You're the two of hearts. No. um You don't want to tell me is what no, you're I saying. No, I can't remember. Right. Who, who read your cards? Why? Was it somebody at school? Yeah. Was it another school 15-year-old <laughs> who said, I tell you what, I'm going to read your, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what your future is by banging out some cards. Was it a normal bag of playing cards or was it no, tarot? No, it
2: was tarot cards. Tarot. Tarot yeah. Cards.
0: So, what tarot cards did you get?
2: Um, the I think there was some wands, some queen, <laughs> oh, there was a queen, some wands. She was just using a normal pack of cards. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, ones. Um, wands. Wands. She got a five of wands, I think.
0: Five of wands. Yeah. What does that tell you about your life?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was just of men carrying some sticks.
0: <laughs> tarot, honestly. <laughs> Do you want to go and see a face healer next? <laughs> or what?
2: what other I'll, sort of... I'll just I'll just meditate and use face masks. What? Me- meditate and use
0: face. But but I, 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 do not let do not let. Well, do what you want, but please do not take anything that somebody who has read your cards <laughs> says seriously. I bet she said you're going to have forty seven kids or nah. something, didn't she? <laughs> no. You know what, right, Russell, um, the esteemed editor of this show. Once um, went and um, uh, went to a fortune teller. Now you know how I feel about fortune tellers. I'm a bit of an evidence guy. I? Mm-hmm. I know, and I like evidence to be the base. I, I, I no disrespect to anybody who believes what they want to believe, but I like to see the evidence. Mm. Okay. And Russell went to a fortune teller, who and Russell's a big fella. Okay. Um Russell went to a fortune teller who said, I get the feeling that your ankles hurt. Right? <laughs> and and I looked at him when he told me this, I went, Russ you're twenty-two stone, course your ankles hurt. <laughs> I mean I mean genuinely, how much of a fortune teller do you need to be? To say, you're a big bloke, your legs might hurt uh, every now and again. I just I just don't know. I just don't know. So so please don't go and see a fortune teller. Or if you do, do it as a laugh. Don't take it too too seriously. Um, so, uh, world's greatest detective. Sh- that fortune teller clearly wasn't the world's greatest detective, was she? Because it wouldn't have taken her too much to work that out. No, no. no, no. no. She was a decent
2: detective, though. She did figure out... <laughs>
0: Welcome, my friends, to the Kindness Project. Um, I'm joined by a girl who's shining, just like a Fifth Avenue diamond. It's Charlotte Ames. Classic. Classic. Uh, and
2: I'm joined by a man who, when packing for holiday, he packs more books than he
0: does pants. <laughs> it's Chris <Ames. laughs> Oh! That is an amazing intro! Thank you, I came up with it five minutes ago. <laughs> right, no, no, I, there will be more undergarments in my case by the time we leave At for far, holiday tomorrow. there's
2: four pairs and six books.
0: No, that, that no, 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 right. There will be more pairs, because I, you know what my tradition is when I go on holiday? I like buying new pants and socks. That's my holiday thing, new pants and socks for a holiday. Um, so uh, my mummy's... Uh, sorry, uh, for new listeners, not my mummy, um, my wife, Cassie, and Charlotte's mum... Mum. Is, is your mum. <laughs> <your mom. laughs> is your mum. Always says, why do you buy new socks and pants on holiday? I think you want to go on holiday and just have some new undergarments. So
2: that's...
0: That book-pant ratio that you've um, very weirdly connected, <laughs> um, but finally connected, will change. So I will have just as many books as pants, and potentially more pants than books. What's your book-to-knicker ratio? <laughs> hmm. uh,
2: t- two to eight? <laughs>
0: two to eight. So you're taking eight books and how many knickers? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> know we go for, for a every week, can we? That is, are you going to have like a nigger change every three hours? <laughs> oh, they're gone. I'm burning them. New set of niggers. New set of niggers.
2: And two books. But I am
0: taking Hitchhiker's Guide and it's the complete collection. So it's five books in one, so it's six. Yeah, see I don't know, I don't know if because I'm taking um the Spike Milligan collection. So it's got all his poetry, all his novels, everything in there, and that counts as one book, because it's a compendium. So the, that that Hitchhiker's Guide is a beast of a book, isn't it? I, mean,
2: I want, want the second one. I want Restaurant for the End of the Universe.
0: Which is one of my favourites, but quick question. What's the knicker equivalent you're taking of that? Have you got a pair of big knickers that you're, uh, <laughs> that you're taking? All oh, my
2: knickers are big knickers. <laughs>
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> this has got a bit weird now. Um, so we are uh, listeners on Crazy. holiday from tomorrow, but by the time you listen to this, um, we'll have come back. Yeah, because um, that, that's the way. Yeah, glad <laughs> again. Because we number one we like holidays, and number two that's how podcasts work. Um, so, uh, but normal business continues because of our esteemed editor. Mr. Russell Dames, who's not here today, but I just sort of thought I'd give him—I just, I just thought sort I'd of give him a shout out because of the fine work he does, making sure that even if we're not here, the podcast just carries on.
2: You're an awesome dude.
0: Dude, you're awesome. Um, where's my donkey? Dude, dude, where's my car? Um, uh, have you heard? They're remaking Bill... and They're not remaking. They're making a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Have you ever said... You're looking at me like you don't know what that is. Have I made an early, late 80s, early 90s reference again and you've gone... Shoop, straight over your head. Ooh, where there you yeah. go. <laughs> So, in this segment, which we still haven't got a trailer for, um, did you want to do a little uh, jingle?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: Okay. It is the section where we just talk about a little bit about good news. And in this particular week's story, I've got teen praise for his honesty after heartfelt apology and cookies and cookies. That's and cookies. The, and cookies. The stranger following Icy Road accident. Not many people would celebrate their mailbox getting taken out by a car, but when Crystal Collins experienced the valour and kindness of the particular youth who hit it, she knew she wanted to share his praises in public. (coughs) The teenager rang her doorbell when she was at home in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and told her that due to icy conditions, he'd accidentally hit her mailbox. Not only did the youngster offer his most heartfelt apologies for the incident, he also offered out every dollar in his wallet. Colin told him to keep his money, but he returned to her house two days later with a plate of homemade cookies. If anyone wants to come round, don't knock down my letterbox, because my letterbox is attached to the door, and that might be a bit awkward. (laughs) But if you want to... If especially with the
2: storm we got going on right exactly,
0: now exactly yeah it's a bit stormy if you want to come round and I oh don't know No, actually, don't. Don't do (laughs) do anything. Just bring cookies. That's what I'm saying. Just bring cookies. Cookies. Collins was so touched, she published a Facebook photo of the young man from a security camera last week in hopes of identifying him and his family. I am looking for his parents, she wrote. They should know what an outstanding young man they have raised. After the post was shared several thousand times, the young man was identified as Owen Sullivan. Uh, It also reached a social media of his mother Jamie and she was extremely touched by her son's honesty, I honestly got teary eyed because it was so just nice to know your kids do good things when you're not around, I love that story, Mm. I love that story what do you, how do you behave when nobody's looking and nobody you know is looking that's the true test of an individual Mm. what do you think
2: what do, what do I think? I think they're right. I think okay. that is the true test of an individual. Well, exactly what they do when no one they know. Because like, people often act differently to try and impress others. So if there's no one you know present...
0: What would you do? Yeah.
2: Who are you trying to impress? And the answer yeah. is absolutely no one. Yeah.
0: So, But an amazing thing to do well done that young man well well done owen and um yeah carry out keep up the good work tell me a bit about the
3: page talk to me so is that on facebook it's on instagram instagram we haven't gone through to i keep saying we like it's the organization it's not it's just me (laughs) i do everything on it on my own it's um it's yeah it's just on instagram at the moment um so it's basically and these are where the videos are right? these where are where the videos are all the motivational quotes we are uh i've had you know other guests come on the page and stuff like that to speak um i've actually been asked to do a bit of as motivational speaking about uh, mental health in companies now so i'll be putting that onto it but it's more like little sentences little phrases little quotes that You can read it in the morning and think, do you know what, that's me. That's giving me a boost for the day. Yeah, Yeah. but one of my most um, most liked posts actually was, do you ever feel like you have your demons locked up, but you're the one who gives them the key? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then people start going, oh, yeah, I've, I've got this and this and this going on, but sometimes I think about it and boom, I'm down into the ground again. Gotcha. So you are the only one who lets who lets yeah, that demon who's out. Who's in control. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, the, the, everything is on there. Uh, even the links to the website and to the podcast, it's all on there. Uh, and that's where I actually speak to a lot of, I don't like to say clients, but uh, that's where I speak to a lot of people about yeah, their, yeah. their mental health. So I actually book them into little slots through the day because so i work seven days a week yeah. so it's a little bit hard so in the evenings i'll say to someone okay well if you want to talk talk to me you can talk to me between six and seven okay and we'll have that slot so i actually speak to people every day um all different all people from around the world uh and just supporting them just through just, their yeah, own journeys. because i'm not involved yeah. yeah i'm not involved in anything that actually goes well
0: wrong. i mean I, I suppose what you said was really interesting because the the um, story that I like the most, and I'm pretty sure we've told it in the podcast before, but the story I like the most is is the one um, um, about a granddad and is speaking to his grandson. And he said, um, in your mind, there's two wolves. Have you heard the story? No. So in your mind there's two wolves there's one that's full of worry and doubt and insecurity and and hate and you know all of this sort of all these negative emotions and there's one that's full of love and hope and joy and and happiness and you know kindness and all of that sort of stuff and these two wolves are always um sort of fighting and the little boy turns around and goes grandad who wins what wolf wins And the granddad just says, the one you feed. Mm. And it's really interesting. uh, I love that story because it does, and again, you know, it's a very simple analogy to, you know, as humans, we're complex, aren't we? It doesn't doesn't describe everything we go through. But, you know, part of the the work you do on your podcast and part of the work we try and do on the Kindness Project is highlighting there is hope, you know, highlighting that there is stories and ways of coping that
3: we that there we is do. the light at the end of the tunnel yeah the sun comes up every day the moon comes out every night yeah yeah, it yeah. doesn't wait for you yeah, so yeah, yeah you need to get on and keep going and so if the sun rises there is hope for you as well yeah great great
0: what's the i mean like throughout the work you've done on the podcast and and you know the work you've done to speak to people every day What's the greatest misconception that most people have about
3: their own mental
0: health or just mental health in general?
3: Greatest misconception? Um, oh, it's a good one, actually. Like I said to you about uh, people think that if you're helping everyone all the time, then you must be all right. Um, yeah, that's a big one because there'll be weeks where I'm actually really struggling and no one will know because I'm a Positive on my page for you. That that's a that's a big mm. one. Um, but there's a perception that
0: positivity means that you're okay, and that's a challenge. Isn't yeah, it?
3: and that you Firstly, can have toxic positivity. Yeah, whereas you're lying to yourself and you're lying yeah. to others, and that yeah. then puts you in some sort of alter ego. Yeah, yeah. Of, you, yeah, are yeah. Hacker, you are Mr Happy. You are Mr Cheerful. You've got to sh- yeah, and you can't keep that character up. Yeah. Firstly, and
0: again, I've been remiss if I didn't ask this: How are you at the moment? Adam, I'm I'm fine. Good. Yeah. good. I'm well, no, good. I, look, mate, it's nice to be asked. Isn't it? So <laughs> it I is, thought it is nice. I thought I'd be the one, hopefully, Thank to you. to we'll ask you. That's in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got this little image of you having like a little counter on your phone, right? Chris said it on the yeah. on the 11th <laughs> well, of October. When when are we gonna? I'm when gonna send you a Christmas card. like let mate, asking. just just send me a little message. I I'll, I'll ask how you any <laughs> anytime you want. Um. So and then I suppose the other thing is what you know, what is that? How do we make sure we maintain positivity? But we're honest about the mental health challenges we have.
3: Because you're allowed to have down days, yeah. you are allowed to have bad yeah, days, yeah. and then bad days can turn into weeks, and that's alright, yeah, as long as you mention it, because otherwise no one's gonna know that you are that way, mm. and it's better for your surroundings to know so they can check up on yeah, you, yeah. Uh, whether that be friends, be family, work colleagues, as long, like you know, I sometimes go up to my boss at work, and say, Do you know what, I'm not feeling myself, for the last couple of days, Um, I'll, I'll, I'll check up on you again, in like a couple of weeks time, just to let you know how I'm doing, that's fine, so yeah. if I'm in some sort of, Issue or trouble, you know, at work, and he'd go, "Okay, well, he has told me he's got stuff on." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
3: and, yeah. yeah. You know it, it does work with friends.
0: And and do you? Th- I mean, I certainly certainly I've got perspective on this, but do you think stigma around having conversations about mental health? Services? Mental health, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, right.
3: it's, it's getting there. It's very slowly but surely. Um, but we've still got a lot of work to do because there's always going to be that stigma of as you're the man You're the provider. You're the you're the rock. You're the strong one. Mm-hmm. You're the one who goes to the gym. You're the hard man Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I go to the gym to try and keep everything else. Yeah at bay, That's that's how I release my endorphins. Yeah, yeah So yeah. It's that that was a massive stigma that I tried to do. Do you know what my actual target audience for the page and podcast was meant to be for men? And I've seventy percent women listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then, part of that might be because women are, are, are more comfortable having conversations. about Yeah, definitely, words. they are. You know, I mean, interestingly, I was, I was saying before the uh, podcast about um, the interviews we did with Ollie, Ollie Smith, and for listeners of the podcast, definitely check Ollie's interviews out because, particularly in certain professions and sectors. We think we need to be, number one, right all the time, which is absolute nonsense, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. no, nobody because. is perfect, but also, number two, strong. And this mm. perception
3: of strong then doesn't allow us to have open and honest conversations yeah. about ourselves. It's because the strong is manly. And it's like, well, am I not allowed to have emotion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, manly? yeah, exactly. Is it because, yeah. you know, that I do this and I do that and that it doesn't actually make me less of a man? If maybe I actually want to sit there and cry and let everything out, it shouldn't do. Like, there is that perception of,
0: yeah, that it's yeah. still there. Or, or put your hand up every now and again and go, "Look, I'm struggling a bit. Yeah. I, 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 look, I just, just, I just ask. need, I just, I just need to talk this through. Or I need some help, or I need ten minutes, or you know, whatever it is. Just, just admitting that that you haven't got to be, you haven't got to be perfect.
3: You are allowed to put up your hand and say that I'm not feeling myself. At yeah, the yeah. And that was one of my biggest regrets was not asking for help sooner.
0: <laughs> was was that? when you were and again if you don't want to talk about this that's fine but when you were um when you were addicted or or later or yes
3: whilst i was struggling with addiction yeah yeah, i wish that i asked for help a lot sooner yeah yeah. um but that was i think that was more like the in denial that no you're all right don't worry about it you're good and that's not me talking that's the addiction yeah well we say like you know I like to say taking drugs or alcohol is a choice, but addiction is a disease. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it does come into it where the disease actually takes over, and that controls all of your uh, thought processes, yeah. all of your emotions, and they're never happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah they might yeah. be happy five minutes, and yeah. then the rest of the day it is absolutely depressing. Okay, it's awful. So I suppose I suppose the
0: other thing it's really interesting when it comes to mental health because the other thing. Um, uh, I often think is how amazing some of these tools are that we've got now digitally Mm. to talk to other people, again, from around the world, share some of these ideas and stories, help people positively, but also how some of these tools can be detrimental to our own mental health.
3: What do you think about that like sort of uh, challenge? Social media. That's the worst thing and the best thing in the world. Um, social media for the fact that everyone has to be a certain person, and you have to dress a certain way, you have to look a certain way, you have to be tanned, you have to be this, you have to be rich. Um, that's not everyday life. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. for normal people, it's not. Yeah. And you know, for, for for that that couple that you aspire to be, who's on social media, who's always in Dubai and who's always at posh restaurants. No one knows that actually they argue every day, and they're massively in debt from the holidays. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And that's what's really bad. Um, and obviously the trolling that goes on, the abusive messages. Um, but then obviously, I've I've spoken to the spoken to sorry the best people ever through into the mind, and the strongest people ever who I would never have spoken to in the street. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and and that and that's the is challenge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, such a great connector, and 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 we get to get windows of the world where you know you can, uh, you can have com have really interesting conversations with people you'd never connect with, and um, I mean it was funny. Uh, I I we've had a we've had a guy on the podcast who I knew sort of vaguely, and this was a couple of years ago, an amazing guy called Patrick Luon And the reason I knew him is because he was in our professional field, so he worked as a yeah. financial planner. And um, his, his story is amazing because he, um, he um, did his own financial plan and worked out he didn't want to be a financial planner anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he said, <laughs> okay, I don't think... This is, because a lot of the conversations we have with clients isn't always about money. It's about purpose and what you want to do with your life and then linking the money to allow you to do that. But um, working out what really inspires you um, uh, to live the life you want. Um, Luckily, I love being a financial planner, so I'm I'm Uh, I'm, I'm, going to carry on. But Patrick did and he left to work in the charity sector. Okay. So I said to him, look, come along and, you know, we'll have a conversation about life, but we'll also have a conversation about charities. I think he was working for WaterAid at the time. So we had a conversation about the amazing work they do supplying clean water to, to various parts of the world. But, um, uh, and he listens to the podcast and promotes the podcast. He's been amazing in that regard. But I was running the marathon a couple of weeks ago. I was running... Uh, round the back of Canary Wolf on the way to Canary Wolf and suddenly up pops Patrick, right, <laughs> he's just there <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen you for a lot. last time he was in the podcast was nine months ago and the problem is I'm quite tactile, right so I've, I'm running I'm emotional anyway because <laughs> I'm running the marathon, quite emotional I'm about 16 and a bit miles in Patrick goes Chris I'll see him and just give him a big cu- cuddle. Yeah. And, and the problem is, we've had COVID. I don't yeah. know whether he's comfortable with a hug or not. Um, uh, and I haven't seen him for a while. And I'm all sweaty. And I'll just give him a big hug. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I know I, know I should have asked first. Yeah. Normally, just I just wanted the, the, the human connection. So anyway, right on. Yeah. Uh, got 70 miles with the charity was i did it to St Francis hospice. Uh, uh and my girls were there my two daughters yeah. and, and my wife had a big hug from them um and then got to mile 23 there's patrick again <laughs> so i was like that cuddle couldn't have been too bad yeah. <laughs> he knows it Tell what, i actually uh, oh, sorry um, i'm being a bit noisy um uh um, i actually <laughs> i actually um asked him this time whether we wanted a cuddle or not yeah, he
3: did. so it was all right, but yeah. Well, I
0: think it would have been a bit late to ask now, wouldn't it? Exactly, exactly. We've broken all the rules already. We 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 need to make sure that we're 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 being a bit careful. Human contact is key. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think I think during lockdown we've missed that, haven't we? Yeah, you know that that sort of just yeah, we're all so deprived of human contact. Yeah, I didn't yeah.
3: Think we'd ever get to a point where we'd be deprived of
0: you. yeah so talk to me a little bit about the um in terms of the key yeah topics on the podcast where you thought you know what i really need to talk about this and the fe- feedback you've got from the podcast so far uh,
3: probably reason why right the reason why was a big one for me and that I struggled for weeks writing it because every time I thought I'd been finished, I read it through and it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted. Delete, 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 start again. Right. It wasn't what I wanted, delete again. So that took me ages because how you feel it and how you want to try and write it down is two totally different things because I need to put it out there for everyone else to kind of have the same perception of it and so talk to me a little bit about that what what do you mean by the reason why the reason why can change your life Mm. um and it changed mine so as long i think as long as your reason why is big enough and it's strong enough then you can do anything so my reason why to come off drugs was my kid brother i didn't want him growing up and knowing me to be that certain way or you know even not being around and stuff like that so he was my reason why I have uh, another person on my on my instant mind who said that her reason why after I released it was her daughters who um, she has bipolar and she got diagnosed a little while ago and just refused all medication. Right. So now she started taking medication. Now she feels a lot better, and that's her reason why was her kids to to then make a happy environment at home. Yeah. And someone else wanted to. <clears throat> uh, try and get a promotion at work. And yeah. I told them, what is your reason why to get that? What, what is your reason why to get the more money and the promotion? What is your main goal? And they told me what it was. I said, keep that in, in your mind. And what and was it? Focus. Uh, it was to buy him and his girlfriend a house. Okay. They've now got a mortgage. Yeah. Because that was his reason why.
0: But you know what's interesting, Eddie? How much of people's reason why are about, about other people? Yes. And being a uh, you know uh, what's your reason why for now to sit in here today what's your reason why
3: my reason why now is because i've got <laughs> it sounds a bit silly but i've got too deep now with into the mind where now people kind of rely on me and stuff <laughs> like that so my my reason why now to carry on is for other people who i help yeah. and it's the messages i get fed back of uh, thank you so much for having the time with me. Thank you. I've now seen a therapist. I've now gone to rehab. And it's it's them thank yous that keep me going. And that, they're my reasons why.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah, it's interesting where it's always
3: related to being kind to others, isn't it? Being yeah, it a is, yeah. Or being... You know, it's, it's, it's almost like giving back. Your reason why is almost giving back to... Yeah. To whether it's a family member, a friend, or society itself. Yeah. There's always something else that's bigger than you that you want to participate yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if that is your main goal... It's purpose, worth, isn't it? That's worth yeah.
0: doing. You know, it's funny. When I think about my reason why, I've thought about this a lot, um, it's... Um, teaching my kids so so for me the element that that is the big for me is teaching i mean the one of the reasons we did the kindness project and start the kindness project is because i was trying to prove to both myself and and my girls that um you could do well and do good yeah you could you can actually, you know, have a positive impact in the world and make a decent living, you yeah, know, and, 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 and that sort it. of stuff. And, and, and everything that, you know, if, if you trace back everything that I do when I get up in the morning, so that I don't think purpose comes from money. I think it comes from well, whether you're believing in what you're doing. Mm. Um uh, money plays might play a part in that, but certainly it's it's got to be a lot more than that. But getting up in the morning with a clear purpose, a clear reason why it's so yeah. important.
3: Well, you say about the money, that's, that's my point exactly, is that I don't get paid for into the mind. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. comes my way. It's all outgoing. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, probably the only thing I get from it is where I sell the T-shirts and the wristbands. That is the only part that I get back. All my time I spend talking to people online every day, uh, all my weekends of editing podcasts. I booked the studio myself.
1: Yeah, yeah I book yeah.
3: people's parking to make sure that they are comfortable coming on the show. I book, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that's outgoing that keeps the website and keeps the podcast, keeps everyone happy. Um, but, <laughs> again, that's my reason why, but it's nothing to do with money. No, it's just about giving.
0: But, back. but also, I mean, when I mean, if you're, I mean, interestingly for me, and I, I don't know if this is the same for you, but part of my reason why is I'm always learning. So um, these conversations help me learn and grow as a human. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So having the opportunity to just it's it, it is really interesting because when you run a podcast, having the opportunity to just phone somebody up and go. You're really interesting. Can I have a conversation with you? Is a privilege. Yeah. Um, it's really uh, so it's it's, nice. it's 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 a really good way of sort of you know meeting, as you say, meeting interesting people, maintaining connections, yeah. and hearing from other people who are doing great stuff in the world. Um, so so that's why you're running because you're <laughs> yeah. doing amazing stuff. I really I really really love your, you. what you're doing. One, one of the most interesting things for me in, in, in my day job, in the job as a financial planner, is often people come and see me at a point of transition. So they're thinking, and, and my typical client, sort of early 50s to early 60s, looking at a position where they're, they're trying to work out whether financially they've reached a level of, of wealth to, 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 to do something else. And a lot of the conversations aren't about money. They're about... What do I do with my life, Chris? What do I, I'm, I'm now at a point where I've achieved a level of financial independence. What? Is, I'll give you an example. Working with a guy at the moment, and I, I won't break any confidentiality, clearly, but working with a guy at the moment who said, I've been doing the same thing quite successfully for 30 years. What am I if, I aren't, if I'm not my job? Um, and part of the part of the conversations that we have are around saying what is your purpose in life what is it you really want to like where do you add value to the world over and above the money if we know if we can tell you that the money's going to be all right and that conversation jeff fascinates me because it's Mm. so interesting in terms of helping people you know and guide and and the life coaching i'd imagine is is doing exactly that just more intensely right well
1: you're in a you're in a coach even asking those sessions i guess i, I guess it's um how you um put a structure around that conversation yeah. so that someone walks out the door feeling like they are you know a, a step empowered. closer towards working it out and feeling empowered as a, as a result but yeah what a fascinating stage of life to be in where you start to actually um, align yourself with what you're, what what you actually want to achieve with the time you have after what you thought was important was was the yeah. career, <laughs> um, and and now realizing well that's just given you um, it's given you the tools, the experience, and uh, maybe that the platform to then be able to make decisions yeah. as to, as to what you do. It, I, uh, I love. That. I love where I've landed with just like, I I was really clear this week in that, uh, sorry, this year that it was all about what I can give. And uh, it's the reason why I do plenty of podcasts. It's the reason why I'm doing the workshops for free and the walk and salt stuff at a different game every Saturday, wherever I am. And it's because I, you know, if I, if I can do my little bit and if you can do your little bit with this podcast, if someone else can do their little bit with something else, then
0: I the think world's going to be a better place as a result, right? That's
1: yeah, we, we have to see ourselves as the balance to all the bad stuff. Um, yeah. As, yeah. as opposed to, I, I'd never be one to sit around and just be like, well, this is bad, isn't it? Well, okay, what, what can we do that, that yeah. I guess is is is, is uh, contradicting to that? And, and what's the opposite? Yeah
0: yeah what can we do to just engender some sort of positive change you know and yep. if you know if we can do that that's good and and i suppose i suppose the big factor i, I mean I, I know you mentioned you trained as a, as a life coach what was your big le- biggest lessons when you went through that process for you uh well
1: thinking specifically as a coach um was was my introduction to imagery which is not something that i was trained in but just something as a coach i naturally um gravitated towards and that is to um help people to see their situation from a from a different point of view by inviting them to close their eyes and and imagine the situation visually and um by playing around with that and by realizing how powerful it is um what a lot of people get very used to avoiding the um the, the same conversation they they seem to be having a lot with a lot of people where it's just purely verbal, but um, yeah. actually when you invite someone to see it um, uh, and to create an image, obviously it's not me giving them the image. That's them creating it for themselves and telling me what they see and what that metaphor is for their for their situation. Um, all of a sudden their resistance to kind of exploring it is is less as a result and, yeah. and as I say it's just like it's, I, it never ceases to amaze me how, how powerful imagery is in helping people unpick um, the things that they've been stuck in in the past so so that was that was that
0: visualization of, of a different situation and the situ- situation they're in just viewed from a different perspective how would you use that imagery
1: yeah yeah it's quite flexible it's really creative in that, that actually what i'm trying to do i guess is help them to construct the the visual image and then yeah. when they've constructed it we start to um, we start to question it why why things appear in certain ways but the detail you can go into is absolutely immense and it all represents very cleverly um something that your subconscious has just sort of offered up so um yeah, I remember learning about how we're all an iceberg. In that, what what our conscious, cognitive thought process is is what you see above the surface, which is it seems like quite a big, you know, element of the iceberg. But actually, it's not, when, you,
0: is it? Yeah. when
1: you see beneath the surface, it's only five percent of it. And and the,
0: and the problem is, certainly for me, is the more you learn about that personal development stuff, the, the more you the more you realise you don't know.
1: We don't know, we don't we know very little. We yeah. the comprehension of who we are, why we are, the purpose of why we, you know, it's 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 such a, a huge, yeah. unexplored expanse.
0: And, there, and there, was, there was a few podcast interviews that I, I really piqued my interest particularly uh, and i, I want to cover up a couple of things on this number one gratitude so num- how important do you think um gratitude and being grateful is 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 in terms of your mental health
1: i just know when i, I read the law of you know i read the secret about the law of attraction when i was quite young and um, i remember thinking oh this is how i think this you know someone who's very positive this will will really speak to you because it, it infers that basically your life is in your hands and that if you take full responsibility and accountability for your thought process then actually that will deliver the the the, the life and the experiences and i guess in some ways the, the luck that you're looking for
0: I, I personally, and again, you know, I, I completely appreciate that people might disagree with me. I, I, I've not read the secret, um, uh, but I just think the reality is a bit more nuanced and 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 deeper than that, purely and simply because the law of attraction just seemed like uh, too much of a simplistic solution for me. What did you think?
1: No, I agree, but it's a great place to start. Yeah. and what you lose you know yes. so it's yeah. not, it's not a religion and I don't think that you know you're never asking anybody to um because uh, it doesn't explain why people get serious illnesses right you know it, it yeah. doesn't explain so you're right there are obviously huge caveats but my my response will always just be what's the harm in taking accountability which is massive 100%. 100%. For for your thoughts, right? if we imagine why anxiety is so is so rife at the moment, and and that is about how people um, people don't quite have the the the, the, the boundaries around their, their thought process, so it gets yes. carried away, it gets heightened and exaggerated, and next thing you know, something is thought into being a far bigger issue than than maybe it was initially. And so that's I'm with what you happens, on that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you if you if your thinking is is let's say you know not constructive, then then you're looking at anxiety. If your thought process is one where you understand that 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 if you think positively about things, then you can manifest these things into your existence. Um, then. all all it means that even if it doesn't work and actually that's not that's not how how the universe does work you you can't ask believe and receive um then it just means that you've spent a lot less of your day worrying about things unnecessarily um it doesn't mean that you're careless it doesn't mean that, that that you're not giving mind to things that that you need to take care of it just means that you're thinking about those things in a context that is Constructive and um, and, and that's and, likely and to
0: result in you taking positive action as well, isn't it? You know, that's the reality of it. So, that mindset stuff, I think I, I you know I, I completely agree with the, the bit that I think we might and we can we could disagree, Jeff, there's no problem with that. Uh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, the the bit the bit that I think is that that positive act certainly look in the mirror, certainly, it starts with you in terms of the decisions you make. The bit that I think, and again, I might have misinterpreted interpreted the book. The bit that I, I, I'd add on to that is you've got to take the positive action. This stuff... That- Uh, just doesn't come to you you've got to take the action to to drive stuff forward so maybe i need to read it maybe i've misunderstood it no no
1: listen not at all but of course you're right that positive actions lead to lead to positive outcomes yeah but it's we have to recognize that our thoughts are incredibly important and they're not just things that rattle around in our head yeah, and we wouldn't we wouldn't have a, a mental health epidemic if it if it wasn't for the fact that people are are not taught um to to you know to to, to value the importance of uh, of your thoughts. And anyway, sorry to come back to your initial question. <clears throat> how important is gratitude? Well, this is the main this is the main one really. It's the main way that we can <clears throat> ensure that we're thinking about what was good. Excuse me, one sec. <clears throat> Done a lot right. of talking today. Um, yeah, it's a way of ensuring um that we Uh, are able to think about the things that were good in our day it it means that we're facing forwards as opposed to looking at what was what was bad and again if you believe in the law of attraction or not it just means that the more you focus on what you're grateful for the idea is the premise is that that we will experience more things of a similar nature that we might say thank you for it's my favorite word thank you to say thank you i sometimes shout it in the car when i'm on my own um and and it for me, it gets me in a really great state of mind where I'm completely present with what I've got and yeah. with feeling resourceful or resourced and having everything that I need instead of I guess someone else in the car behind me will be having a different experience where they're thinking about everything that they lack, yeah. and ultimately, yeah. where you are in your head just dictates your life experience so. Um, You know, my experience when I'm being grateful is that I'm having a good life and that the experience at that particular time is that things are good and Uh, I want to spend as much time in that state of mind as I possibly can during my life and that's not to say we're going to ignore things that are not good and and not try and find solutions and improve those things but let's always make sure that we celebrate our small victories whether it's someone holding a door open for us whether it's someone saying a kind word um you know someone picking up a bit of litter on our behalf it's you know celebrate everything and yeah yeah, like, yeah and, and that's massive for me
0: i love that absolutely love that and i completely agree you know when we look at the world and and where, where we are at the minute um i think it's realizing how lucky we are every day is so so important one one of the conversations that you had on the podcast that i loved and one that i struggle with because i love a bit of technology jeff yeah. um is that using technology as a force for connection and communication and but then. not you know, I think you and your son had a conversation about how often we spend our time on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I haven't. If I've got to be honest, I haven't checked the amount of time I spend on social media. I'm a bit scared. Um, but, but I, I, I agree. I mean, the, 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 the what the thing that I do do is that sort of do not disturb button on my phone is on constantly, so I can manage my own time time and attention. But that that was a good conversation. Can you share with our listeners? you yeah, what yeah what, what you shared on the podcast
1: so uh, yeah the basic premise just around um distraction i think and uh, I remember reading a book called indistractable by near iow and uh, i took yeah. a lot from it uh, um, and i think we all have to be careful around the amount of power that we give into the device mm-hmm. um and sometimes we can spend you know hours even if it was just two hours a day that's 14 hours a week that's yeah um uh, don't make me do you know any maths but basically <laughs> over over the course of a year or even a lifetime we're talking about months that yeah. you have given up of your precious life um and don't get me wrong there are obviously business uses and it can be used socially but do we control it or does it, it control us? Is it at all or is it, well. uh, yeah
0: yeah,
1: 100%. Is it like a crutch? Is it something that we lean on? Is it something that we turn to when we have to be uncomfortable making conversation with someone instead of being human and actually kind of inquiring, how's your day to someone? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. might be whether it's, you know, you can all imagine sitting around a table with family and it's very easy for you to just sit there on your phones. Um, you know, feeling that that's sort of more important. But if you're not connecting face-to-face, I don't know, it's just, it's a massive concern for me. So I always try and regulate the, the the time that I spend doing any of these things. One thing that's massively important is um, not leaving the phone uh, by your bedside. So, uh, yeah. you know, because it will always be the last thing you do for, for longer than you should be, and it will always be the first thing you pick up in the morning. It's just a terrible habit so i'll always put it in the plug point furthest away from the bed um i'm pretty sure that you know it's good in terms of not getting those i've seen videos of how uh, i think it was newts or little fish swim around and took to avoid a mobile phone because of all of the waves that they emit so a lot of our kids are sleeping with their phones under their pillows Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah not good it's not yeah. it's it's funny when when uh, as i said charlotte was struggling a couple of weeks ago so we've just adopted a new routine that phones off. we go for a walk every day because we've got hall church county park behind us and just we we, we just don't touch technology for that hour and just chat most of that chat is absolute nonsense jeff it's yep, just yep. it's just us sort but of how wonderful life, but yeah, just spending that time is really, really important. And yep. then the other the other sort of thing that appeared on the podcast that I was really fascinated about. Um yep. uh, and I've, by the way, I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been really insightful. So thank thank you. Yeah, that's you know, I've <laughs> sort of learning already. Um uh, tell me a little bit about you know, the conversation that was interesting was the one on masculinity, toxic masculinity, and some of the things. That we should potentially avoid. Now, I know we've spoken about it already about that, you know, authenticity element and you know, saying we need help and we need help. What else do you see as uh as the things that don't serve us in that space? Uh, uh
1: well, just just being completely absent from from anything that has any emotional value. Um, so yeah. I put I put the walk and talks on quite a lot. And uh, simple premise: you 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 get together and you you walk and you have a chat. And if it's about something meaningful, great. If it's about football, no problem. Um, but just that connectedness. Um, always ninety percent women, always, always. And it's it's like, how are we going to help men if men aren't going to help themselves? Yeah. Why are we so tired to that that preconception of what strength and masculinity looks like and how it behaves yeah. you know you have to you have to drink pints down the pub and you have to
0: yeah, why can't you go for a walk and have a chat
1: why can't you yeah why why can't you be be flexible enough to do that i just know that i'm not being critical when i say this because i understand everybody's got their own um limitations and things that they find difficult i know i have um but I know that a few guys have have kind of approached the walk and talk where we're all meeting and have have literally turned back or not go out the car because they've seen that there's quite a lot of women there and stuff. So it's... um, I know that there are, are, are probably equivalents that can be done. I, I work with a charity called Strong Men, who are for brief men, and um, they take them up Snowden. So you know, there's something like yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. don't have to talk if you don't want to, and we're gonna we're gonna walk to the top of Snowden, and that that feels that like it feels a really, madly. It feels like a, a, yeah, without yeah, a <laughs> being stereotypical, because because yeah. uh, you know, ultimately, I think people get it. And it does draw people out a little bit, you know. Yeah, okay. I think
0: we've got, we have got a challenge about breaking down those perceptions, though, right? You know, it's just we have got a. How do we do that?
1: I don't know, but I need to find the format that breaks that. I yeah. need to, I need to work out how that works. And I, the first thing that comes to mind is like, where right? If you if you come in, you've got to, you've got to bring a man with you. Grab grab a man. Grab uh, a man walking talk. has got a ring to it. Grab a man, walk and talk. Right. Making cubs. But grab a man, walk
0: and talk. But yeah, no, you're right. Just that. Mm. And I think I think interestingly, my sort of lived experience of it is um often just maintaining those social connections as a man for me personally. When I look at the way Cassie does it, she does it amazingly well. And just, I, I'm still sort of working towards making sure that I can be vulnerable enough to to around and go, actually, I need a chat or I need some help and stuff like that. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's real interesting. I'm really interested. Um, if somebody wanted to get involved in sort of the walk and talks, wanting to get in touch with you, wanting to start one in their local area, that might be something they might want to do. Um, Where can they they find out more about you?
1: That's a great idea. Yeah, so just um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm um, at Jeff Brazier. Uh, My email for for those things is Jeff at jeff-brazier.com. Okay. it's a lot of jeffs I know, but uh, but yeah, if uh, if someone wants to, to make a suggestion or come along to something, then that's what it's there for. And, and yeah, I'd love to to get something um, sorted out in lots of areas. Uh, Hornchurch will have to be high up on the list, though.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether I've got too much on, though, Jeff. That's the thing. But we, I'm sure we could find somebody to do it. Now, let me come along to one of yours first, and and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what we can do.
1: I, um, I think it's simpler than we think. It's uh, yeah, simpler than... And most of the well, I say responsibility, but all you need is a is a is a cash that's accessible and a few people that are happy to put on workshops and everything else will fall into
0: place. 100%. Love it. Uh, Thanks for your time today. I've really enjoyed our chat. And uh, thank you for being a guest. Oh, no. Actually, uh, one thing, Ross is going to kill me if I forget. So that's Sophie. That's my youngest. Hello. are you? Good. Good. We are still recording, though. So, are you going to sit down, or are you going to you going to lunch it off? Um, one one thing we always do every week on the podcast we have uh, a question that's non-kindness related, but about you know just just because we're curious people, we like to ask questions. And um, right. the one that we've um, sort of shared on social media this week that's got a lot of attraction is um, what's the world's greatest movie soundtrack? What do you reckon it is? What's yours?
1: Oh, the, the the first thing that comes to mind is Star Wars because I I grew up in that. But but I need to revise my uh, my first submission and say that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Great great songs of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Amazing. Pure, stuff.
1: So, pure imagination. Don't cry, Charlie. Yeah, some absolute classics for me. And we haven't had that
0: yet on the list. We had a lot of Baby Driver, funny enough. But um uh, yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, Pat, I, I've been listening to it, to it in the car yesterday. Ba- Baby Driver has got an amazing soundtrack. Hmm. Not original songs, but yeah, really, 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 really well selected. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, thank no
1: you. worries. Cheers.
0: And we have reached that stage of the podcast again
2: another podcast but the end is never truly the end because the end is always the beginning of something
0: entirely new and, that, and this week that entirely new is last week's question in the podcast this week as it normally is <laughs> and last week's question of the podcast this week is um in your opinion what's the world's greatest city now i know how you feel about this because right? we spoke about it last week are you still saying norwich Banger in Wales. <laughs> We've been doing a bit of research. Why Banger in Wales? I, I just like the sound of it. Banger. How about Barry Island? If you're going to go for anywhere in Wales, you've got to go for a bit of Barry Island, haven't you? No, nah, I don't like islands. Oh, no, not islands. You live in an island, Russ. It's called the United Kingdom. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, are we... Are we... Are we not commenting on that one, Russ? No, no, we're uh, not. uh, We're not. not. I'm not not even gracing you with a response now. Clearly not. (laughs) Um, Mike Christie said uh, Barcelona after Liverpool. Uh, Mark Eccles said he likes Barcelona as well. Sean Acton said London. Um, Kevin Holt said London first. But if I'm travelling around, Rio de Janeiro is the only city I know to have a rainforest, a beach, and a mountain. I think that's a good shout. Sam Chilton said, uh, for non, for, apologies for the pronunciation there, uh, for non, for then, uh, after London of course, and apparently South End. Um Steve Dan said London, but he likes New York too. Sharon Hur said London, Tel Aviv, and Cape Town. Mark Bartley said uh, Dublin. Toby Acton says Kuala Lumpur. Alice Joy says St. Peterport in Guernsey. Elaine Set-Glennon agrees that uh, London is the place to be. Mike Bray said London, but then Oslo. Uh, And Karina Murray said London. And Benjamin Fox said Southend. And Rich Ellis said Bristol. I think there is probably a little bit of of hometown bias there, but I agree with them that London is definitely the place. I am absolutely disgusted, Norwich team. <laughs> <laughs> well, then nobody else said Norwich.
2: Yeah. Well, do you feel one more, Dad?
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Keith Boyers actually got involved and said Edinburgh. So uh, nobody, apart from you, Russ, believes Norwich is the greatest city in the world. Unbelievable. (laughs) On that note, unbelievable. And on that note, that is another show. Uh, We'll see you next week.
2: Bye. Bye.